Hello, this is Terry Ketrasid, and I'm delighted to be joined today by Dr. Robert Kenny. We're talking again about MACRA and the new merit-based incentive payment system. I think, as everybody recalls, this is the new change that originated from MACRA that dictates how physicians will be paid in future years. CMS was uh, appropriately criticized early in the development of MACRA uh, along the lines of the impact that MACRA would have on small practices. There was quite a bit of concern that practices with a small number of providers would not have the resources to navigate the complexity of the MIPS program. In response to that, CMS has created a number of resources for small practices, and that's our topic for today. Robert, could you tell us how CMS defines a small practice? Absolutely. Um, it's interesting that nowhere in my reading does anyone outright state that a small practice is defined as whatever. But it's clear that CMS considers a small practice as one with less than or equal to 15 eligible clinicians, which for nephrology groups means physicians and advanced practitioners. Like many others, this was surprising to me as when my own practice became the largest nephrology group in Louisiana, we didn't have 15 providers. But CMS didn't make this up. It comes straight from the MACRA statute, particularly in the section where Congress authorized contractual support, which was designed to offer guidance and assistance to MIPS-eligible providers in practices, and they state, with 15 or fewer professionals with priority to be given to practices in rural or underserved areas. Since, and since that's the way the law reads, CMS had to follow that requirement. Interesting. So, in fact, most of the nephrology practices in this country will be considered small practices. That's correct. Did, did CMS really believe that the many smaller practices found across the country would indeed be able to participate in the program? I feel certain that CMS believed that most practices would indeed be able to participate in MIPS. However, probably a good many smaller practices didn't think so. Uh, judging by what CMS wrote in the final rule based on the thousands of comments that they received after the proposed rule was released oh, now two years ago. So when the final rule came out in November of 2016, CMS clearly stated that protection of small and independent practices was deemed an important and, as they said, thematic objective. So, in addition, as submission of data represents the cornerstone of MIPS participation, CMS noted that historical evidence had indeed shown that clinical practices of all sizes could and, and actually did successfully submit data. And to back this up, they noted that over 110,000 solo and small practices, again, with 15 or fewer clinicians, had indeed participated with PQRS successfully in 2015. So there is hope, certainly hope for small practices. That's, that's good to hear. I also uh, heard that there may be something called a low-volume threshold below which individuals or practices 
may be excluded from this. Is that true? Uh, most definitely. And actually, there, there are three criteria such that if any one is met, a physician or a practice would be excluded from MIPS, at least in this first performance year. And these criteria are, number one, if a clinician is newly enrolled in Medicare during the 2017 performance period, or two, if he or she uh, is a qualified participant in an advanced APM or alternative payment model, and three, as you noted, if the individual or practice is below the low-volume threshold defined as Medicare Part B allowable charges of less than or equal to $30,000 or the individual or practice treating less than or equal to 100 patients, either during the 2017 performance period or uh, based on a prior period, which I believe is straddles September 15 through August of 16. But by going to the webpage, qpp.cms.gov, a physician can enter his or her NPI number and with one click see if he or she is eligible for or actually excluded from MIPS for the 2017 reporting period. And also, during 2017, eligible clinicians are supposed to receive a letter called the Clinician Participation Letter from CMS which I understand actually is going to occur even towards the end of 2017, kind of as a confirmatory letter of MIPS inclusion. But, Terry, what's interesting to me is that in the proposed rule for next year, for the second year, 2018 performance period, although this is not finalized, the low-volume threshold is being raised to less than or equal to $90,000 of Medicare Part B allowable charges or treating less than or equal to 200 Medicare patients during some determination period that's not yet been defined. So expect more practices to be excluded from MIPS in the second year compared to the first, which is opposite of what we would usually expect to, to get from CMS. Wow. It certainly sounds like they're trying. What... Um what other assistance or resources might be available to help small or rural practices? There are a couple of things. Uh, the MACRA legislation allowed for solo and small practices to join what they call virtual groups of no more than 10 individuals, where MIPS reporting across all four domains would be combined. However, CMS has not implemented this provision in this first performance year of 2017, and they explain that they want to make sure that the technology is, as they say, meaningful and simple, to use their wording. Um, they have proposed, though, to allow this for the 2018 performance period, and we'll see how that all shakes out when the final rule uh, occurs later this year. Uh, secondly, the macro law also allocated $20 million annually for five years, so a total of $100 million for CMS to contract with entities to help support smaller and rural programs achieve what they say full participation in MIPS or APM. These services have been awarded to 11 
contractual entities, in essence dividing up the entire country for each one of these. Uh, this is known as the Quality Payment Program Dash Small Underserved and Rural Support. So in CMS lingo, it's QPP-SURS. Now, clicking on this web page will bring up a map of the United States so that the appropriate resource can be identified and contacted uh, for assistance. And this assistance can be in many forms. It can be direct assistance with one-on-one -on -one consulting. can be uh, participation in webinars, educational events, and there often is a lot of educational materials and, and things such as that. But these entities can help practices select and report measures. They are tasked with optimizing uh, health IT functionality for practices and even evaluate options for joining advanced APMs. So although the focus here is on rural and underserved areas, which is consistent with the macro law, this assistance is available to all practices with less than or equal to 15 clinicians in any location of the country. So these serve, and these services are free, but remember, they're being funded with our taxpayer dollars and only for five years. So it's probably, it behooves practices that may be needing some help to really search these out. Well, $100 million certainly sounds like a sizable investment. Where, where can clinicians and practice managers go for more information? The website qpp.cms.gov really has a wealth of information. And in the top right of that web page, there is a link that says About Quality Payment Program. And clicking on this brings up a specific link for information for small and underserved and rural practices. And that's a good place to, to really start if one is just for the first time reaching out. Fantastic. It certainly sounds like CMS has put together a number of resources for small practices. And again, to reemphasize, qpp.cms.gov is a fantastic place to start. Many thanks for that information, Robert. Thank you for listening to the RPA podcast. This is only one of the topics addressed in greater detail in RPA's Renal Physician's Guide to Nephrology Practice. For more information on this and other topics that will help you with efficiently managing your nephrology practice, download a copy of the RPA Guide from the RPA Store at www.renalmd.org. Contact the RPA office at 301-468-3515 with any questions.